0: Electrical power is a big-ticket item for the Army. The service is always looking for ways to make power sources more efficient and transportable so soldiers have more capabilities with less to carry. The Army's research office is pairing with academia to use artificial intelligence to make fuel cells last longer. Federal News Network Scott Mosseone spoke with Peruche Iyer, Division Chief of Network Sciences at the Army Research Office, starting with the future of hydrogen cells. Methanol-based fuel cells are... An alternative, however, to make it work uh it is necessary to oxidize methanol and um and the question is what is the right kind of catalyst what is the right kind of material that will uh make these reactions the oxidation uh reaction go uh faster and uh make it happen and I think that is what the search is so um uh of course the ultimate goal is uh is development of uh New kind of fuel cells that that'll last longer, will be portable, will be safe, uh, and so on and so forth. But at this particular point in time, it is the uh, the foundation for making that happen uh, that we're talking about.
1: So you're using artificial intelligence to sort of help this process go faster. So where does the AI kind of fit into everything?
0: It is about material discovery. It is about finding the right alloy uh that has the uh that has the necessary properties um turns out that um the alloys are typically formed by combining two you know two materials or three material uh, materials in this particular case it's sort of three materials and the way they can be combined um you know is sort of so vast that uh trying out every possible combination is 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 incredibly hard if i had an oracle if i had an all-knowing person uh if i had god whatever i mean whatever you believe in um uh, then uh you know finding that boundary is pretty easy uh if not of course you're going to try new you know, you're going to carry out experimentation you're going to sample you're going to take certain points and you're going to uh, conduct uh experiments and uh Gather what is called X-ray crystallography data, and then you're going to sift through that data to find those place, you know, those sort of transition points when the um, uh, when everything changes. Um, if you were to just use computers, to, uh, computers to do it, in it, you know, it'll, it is now n- uh, known that it is it is what is called as an NP-complete problem. It is it's going to take an inordinately a, a, a large amount of time, an exponential amount of time, to to find those boundaries. So the AI steps in here. By combining sort of multiple um, uh, what are called agents, software agents that explore certain parts, and then by combining the results, uh, it, is, um, it is sort of easier to, uh, to circumvent and shorten this uh, time cycle necessary to, uh, to figure out where those boundaries are. So that is where the AI comes in.
1: So the AI is just kind of constantly poking and prodding at the different boundaries that you may need to to find the right combinations uh, to to make these fuel cells better. Is that kind of what I'm what I'm hearing? Yeah,
0: that's a, that's the gist of it. Yeah.
1: Tell me a little bit about how this this AI was developed. You know, are you working with with academia? Are you working with computer scientists out in the you know Silicon Valley area?
0: This is all uh, uh, university work. So the Army Research Office that we are part of. Uh, funds university research, and uh, we essentially funded a, a group at Cornell to look at what is called um, uh, crowdsourcing or uh, wisdom of crowd type work, um, and which is sort of a precursor to the to the work that we are reporting upon right now. And uh, so, in in trying to establish that, uh, they were working you know to to sort of to make that particular way of doing AI uh, usable, they were working with material scientists, and it's, it's all an outgrowth of, uh, outgrowth of that.
1: Let's look at this a, a little broader. It may seem self-explanatory, but why does the military want more efficient fuel cells, and how does that sort of fit into the threat landscape today?
0: So, a soldier in a battlefield has a weight, weight, you know, weight of the sack that uh, he or she is carrying is a big problem. And they have lots of devices for communication, for situational awareness, for mapping, all kinds of things. And they all need energy. They all need power. Um, and right now, um, they, they carry multiple batteries. They, uh, this, you know, it, it is a big issue. Lightening the load of the soldier, making it possible for the soldier to have the necessary power and energy to get the situational awareness, to get you know, to be able to communicate, to be in uh, uh, you know, in in constant uh, uh, communication with uh, his or her colleagues and the uh, you know, uh, and the command center is incredibly important. And um, so, batteries and fuel cells are are things that the army is highly interested in.
1: And do we know how efficient we could make these fuel cells at this point, um, or are we just sort of testing? To where the limits could possibly be, um, you know, is it possible to have something that's nearly, uh, you know, could nearly last forever? Uh,
0: last forever, no.
1: I mean, <laughs> right. So right. these
0: are chemical reactions. So <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, they're eventually going to um, run I out. I think the yeah. So I mean, the, the whole point is uh, with these fuel cells, you want to be, you want to sort of extend their lifetime before they're sort of recharged again. Right. We want them to be rechargeable batteries, so to say. So, you know, you you, you know, you you charge them you want to uh use it in the field for uh a length of time that that will be longer than your typical mission and then come back recharge it do things of that kind.
1: So, would it be feasible to maybe double uh, a fuel cell or triple a fuel cell?
0: That's that, that's really the point here. So, I think these methanol-based methods uh, are predicted to to give you much longer cycle times than the, the that the current hydrogen-based
1: uh fuel cells. And so what stage are you sort of at right now? You know, I know that you're you, like you said you're prodding these boundaries, but you know, when when can you sort of move forward to the next stage and when might there be a product out there or do you even have a time frame at this point?
0: Uh we don't have a time frame, but we're thinking that maybe within the next 5 to 10 years there might be uh there might be movement. But it it, it is it's not for me to predict these timelines.
1: Right, right.
0: And there th- is sort of a dual purpose in carrying out the kinds of experiments that Cornell is doing right now. It don- not only establishes that yes, a, you know, a this fuel cell um, work can be done. Uh, what it also sort of establishes is that uh, that AI is usable in uh, in areas that people don't typically think of, right? In material design um, or in other engineering de- uh, in- engineering problems. Um, and it, it, what it illustrates is that it is usable and it could. Bring great savings, provided the problems are are pared down and 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 sort of uh, and 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 broken up into pieces that are appropriate for AI technology. Uh, so AI technology is not uh, fairy dust or gold dust that you just sprinkle over something and you know, and things happen. Right. There is a great deal of effort required to, to get it to a stage where you can harness the power of AI. Parush Iyer, Division Chief of Network Sciences at the Army Research Office, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at discounttire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Let's get you taken to- care of.